This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 80, where today we hear about the wolf. is Frederick Fishman, author of the 120 Animal 12 book series of Kindle books, print books, audio books, and also Visit the Zoo DVD, inviting you to join me for today's episode number 80 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. I want to remind you about our apparel and our gear website, and that's at zooswear.com. That's spelled Z-O-O-Z. W-E-A-R.com, zooswear.com. And also, you may want to check out a new membership site that I'm building, and I've got a teaser up on animalscentral.net, and that's plural, by the way, animalscentral.net. All right, I've got an announcement and a reminder. Uh, First of all, the announcement I just published on Amazon, my first book, my first quarter book of 90 posts or 90 blogs for DailyDesertDoodle.com. That is my daily blog that I write. Again, that's DailyDesertDoodle.com. And if you want a collection of those first 90, either on print or Kindle, just go to Amazon.com and type in Daily Desert Doodle and the book will pop up. And secondly, a reminder I want to give you is that this podcast is not only available on iTunes and 15 plus directories, but it is also available on Amazon's Alexa sound activated device. I think Amazon also makes another device called Echo. So it's available on either one. And all you've got to do is use the voice command Alexa Play Animals Podcast. Again, that's Alexa Play Animals Podcast. I want to thank you also here at episode number 80, which is kind of momentous when I haven't hit 100 yet, but we will soon enough for all your support and all the downloads that you've given us listening to this podcast. And I hope that you'll be able to start supporting us. We just established a new Patreon site that if you want to support us and help keep the lights going and electricity flowing, just go to patreon.com slash visit the zoo. Again, that's patreon.com slash visit the zoo. Okay, what do you say we get going? And the first thing we usually do here every single week is we talk about the animal news. And I've got a couple stories. One is from Canberra, Australia, and the other one is from South Carolina. So let's talk about Canberra, Australia, first of all. And this story is entitled, New Animal Welfare Laws Enact Will Recognize Animals as Sentient Beings. Pets and animals in Canberra and the wider ACT region are set to have their feelings recognized as amendments to the Animal Welfare Act to recognize animals as having the capacity to feel or experience subjectively. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation reports that under the proposed amended laws, pet owners who keep animals in cages that are too small in relation to their size and needs of the animal or fail to exercise their pet 
for a minimum of two hours in a 24-hour period could face a fine up to 4000 Australian dollars. There are some exceptions to the rule, however, allowing for spaces like chicken coops, bird cages, and cat runs to be used by owners as long as the animal is given ample room to move relative to its size. The amendments to the Animal Welfare Act in Australia will be introduced to the Legislative Assembly in Canberra next week. If brought into effect, it will be the first of its kind in Australia to recognize animals as having the ability to perceive the world around them. Amendments also include offenses around other aspects of animal welfare, including food and water access, grooming, access to shelters, hygienic spaces, etc., The amendments, however, would make it legal for someone to break into another person's car to protect an animal from harm or death, and there were no other reasonable options available. The new laws would also include fines for not reporting injured animals, including wildlife, within two hours of the injury occurring. So it's probably smart to get to the wildlife hotline number in your phone in the off chance you collide with a roo, this kangaroo, I guess, in the ACT at dusk. The Legislative Assembly sits on Tuesday and Thursday, meaning that these amendments have the potential of being made real, real soon. And the second story is about a young lady by the name of Jennifer Miller who is the or is with the Friends of the Animal Shelter when she started in Aiken County, South Carolina. And she's president of that organization, by the way. And it's a fundraising arm of the Aiken County Animal Shelter. When Jennifer Miller moved to Aiken over a decade ago, she never dreamed she would help facilitate the transformation of the Aiken County Animal Shelter. Miller grew up in Swampscott, Massachusetts, a town about 15 miles north of Boston. Swampscott was only a mile from the beach where Miller enjoyed the water's edge and listening to the sounds of the waves. She's a graduate summa cum laude from Duke University with a degree in psychology. When it came to retire, she had different dreams. She was always an animal lover, but it never worked professionally. When she retired to Aiken, South Carolina in 2005 with her husband, Peter, she was leaving behind a long career. They planned to settle down and have a quiet life. However, when she got there, what she saw next changed her. The animal shelter there was overflowing with strays. It was old, outdated, facing a desperate lack of resources. She was appalled. It was built for 100 animals, and it had over 200 in it. The small shelter was receiving over 5,000 animals per year. Miller worked with other animal lovers in Aikens and formed the Friends of the Animal Shelter in 2009, the organization of which Miller serves as president. It's a volunteer-based nonprofit organization, which is a private fundraising arm for the Aiken County Shelter. Our goal was that our community shelter should never have to euthanize an adoptable pet. The undertaking to fundraise and build a new shelter was massive. They raised over 500000 for a new building. So good on you there, Jennifer Miller of Aiken, South Carolina. And that's the news for today.
Yes. You all know that sound, don't you? That is, of course, a wolf, and that is going to be our description for today, our animal description for today. It's Canis Lupus, and it's the animal of folklore and legend and fear. It's about the wolf, of course. It is native to remote wilderness areas of Eurasia and North America. It's the largest member of its family, averaging up to 100 pounds, females being slightly smaller. It is predominantly gray in color. It's very expressive, social, gregarious, and it travels and hunts in nuclear families. And it is an apex predator, or considered an apex predator, as is the tiger and also humans. They live about 7 to 16 years, depending upon many factors. Their global population is estimated at about 300,000 individuals. It is one of the world's best-known and most researched animals, and its legend and lore stretches back thousands of years. They have developed a fear of humans, but they are feared by humans. And attacks are mainly on humans are mainly attributed to rabid wolves. The name wolf, by the way, is derived from the Old English, and they pronounced it the same way, but they spelled it W-U-L-F. And their evolution extends back 300,000 years. And their cousins, their current day cousins, are the coyote and the Eurasian jackal. They have very dense fur to protect them against the winter cold, but their underfur is shorter and it's usually shed in the spring for the summer heat. They are social animals, like I said, with packs of 5 to 11 individuals. They are also territorial and will defend their territory and also their young against encroaching packs. Their pups are larger than other canids at birth and they usually have 5 to 6 pups per litter. And here's an interesting fact. Wolves are monogamous. How they communicate with that how? Well, they communicate to assemble the pack and they use it as a warning. They use that how to locate one another in the dark or in a storm. And under correct conditions, a howl can be heard within a 50 square mile radius. Their howls are very distinctive and they can send a chill up the spine of anybody who hears them. section of the podcast where I usually read a poem or maybe some animal jokes and I've already inflicted on those last week so I won't do it this week and I found by accident a poem about wolves and I also found another one about coyote who are their cousins so let me read both here first of all here's a poem by Sierra Marston I couldn't find anything about her on the internet her bio or anything like that so let me just go ahead and read this poem this was published in January of 2009 wolves howling toward the moon gray and dark sitting on a rock snow falling all around pine trees swaying green and white soft like a feather goes to sleep wakes up in the snow covered in a blanket joins the rest of the pack to get the kill for breakfast and again for the next day and the next 
And this poem is written by Bret Hart, who lived from 1836 to 1902. He was an American poet and a short story writer, blown out of the prairie in twilight and dew, half bold, half timid, yet lazy all through, loath ever to leave, yet fearful to stay. He limps in the clearing, an outcast in gray, a shade on the stubble, a ghost by the wall, now leaping, now limping, now risking a fall, lop-eared and large-jointed, but ever, always, a thoroughly vagabond outcast in gray. Here, Carlo, old friend, he's one of your kind. Go, seek him, and bring him out of the wind. What, snarling, my Carlo? So even dogs may deny their own kin in the outcast in the gray. Well, take that what you will, though it be on the sly, marauding and begging, I shall not ask why. But we'll call it a dole just to help on his way, a four-footed friar in orders of gray. Guess what? That's a wrap. That's it for today's episode number 80 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And I want to thank you very, very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure presenting this material to you. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. And don't forget our gear and apparel at Zooswear. Com, where you can find links to four different suppliers. Also, I want to mention, uh, I haven't mentioned this in quite some time, but we've been doing this now for about a year and a half. And I started a while back a Patreon site just to help us out to keep going, to keep the lights on and keep the bills paid. So I would appreciate it if you could visit that site and read a little bit more in depth about the Visit the Zoo podcast. And that's at patreon.com slash visit the zoo again that's patreon spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash visit the zoo thank you very much for joining me and let's do this again next week okay bye for now <laughs>